On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 28th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2017, we catch up with the European Crusaders, Isabella Rosatano, the Irish Banshees, Carol Breen, and our State League's wrap with Alison Schiller, Lauren Hodgson, and Aaron Russell. All of that coming up on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. <laughs> I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 28th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2017, our third year of doing these podcasts. And a friendly reminder, you can hear this podcast as a radio program Wednesday evenings from 6pm on RSN Carnival. That's digital radio in Melbourne or via the RSN Racing and Sport app. Our RSN Carnival match of the round in the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition this weekend is on Saturday morning from 11am for an 11.45 bounce down. We're bringing you the game between the Geelong Cats and the VU Western Spurs. It's fifth versus sixth. Both sides looking to keep their finals hopes alive. Tune in 11 o'clock Saturday morning on RSN Carnival. Also, a special note, the AFL International Cup continues this week and round three is on Sunday. The matches include the Great Britain Swans versus the Canada Northern Lights up at Diamond Creek's Plenty War Memorial Park ground. There is also the USA Freedom versus the European Crusaders at Melbourne University's main oval. See Pakistan and Fiji do battle at the Eastern Devils home ground. That is out at Mulgrave Reserve in Wheelers Hill. And out at Hallam Recreation Reserve, the Irish Banshees are taking on the Papua New Guinea Flames. For full times and details, go to aflic17.com.au or just Google search AFL International Cup. Now, before we get into the first of our interviews, a special little note. We had a bit of trouble recording some of the interviews due to some technical issues. Uh, Simply put, we downloaded some new drivers to the computer for some new equipment we're adding, and it added a bit of an echo or shallow effect. Everything should come through clear, but apologies, it's not up to our usual professional standard that we like to have here at the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Time to turn to the first of our interviews. The AFL International Cup is currently underway. One of the sides competing in the competition is the European Crusaders, and we've got on the line one of their players. Her name is Isabella Rosatano. Izzy, how are you? Really well, thanks, Peter. How are you going? Not too bad at all. Everyone's probably just shocked now. They've gone, I've just said Italian, and they've heard a perfect Aussie accent. Can you explain a little bit how technically you're Italian and you're playing for the European Crusaders? Sure. Well, um, my dad was born in southern Italy, so I have an Italian citizenship by birth. And when I was growing up, we used to go back and forth um, from Europe. And that made me eligible to play uh, for Italy, which is pretty awesome. (laughs) And, of course, you're playing in the European Crusaders side as part of the International Cup 2017. Uh, How did that process come about? Did someone find you? Did you just go, you know what, I'm going to give this a go? How did it come about? Well, initially I approached the team because I wanted to be involved and stay involved with... um, Aussie rules as much as I could, but given that I'm currently uh, in the in a different team for a completely different sport, um, they didn't really want me to be involved as a player because of the risks of injury. But then, um, as it turned out, I ended up joining the team, and uh, and it's an amazing team full of the best, the most passionate Aussie rules women um, from all around Europe. 
Now, we'll go into a little bit of uh, the detail of the European Crusaders in just a moment's time, but let's take a few steps back. As you said, you've grown up here in Australia, back and forth between Italy. Your sport of choice at the moment, if I'm correct, is sprint canoeing. Yeah, that's correct. So how did you end up falling into sprint canoeing? Not a, a sport that every Australian thinks of at the top of their mind. Yeah, well, it was basically through uh, a sports draft program which was run by the AIS for the four years between London and Rio. And I actually, um, before I got into the sports draft, believe it or not, I was for four weeks part of the um, South Australian women's uh, footy um, summer squad over their pre-season in 2014. And so I did about four weeks of football and um, that was run by Narelle um, over in SA. And then I uh, completed a, it took a, a while, a couple of months to, um, you know, find out the result of getting put into sprint canoe. Um, but it was pretty much a draft transfer run by the AIS that got me into it. It's a completely different sport. I wouldn't have thought of it myself. <laughs> You've had the chance to represent your country. How does that feel to pull on the Australian uniform in sprint canoeing? Um, it was completely unbelievable when I first found out. I actually first found out I made the team in Melbourne, so it's nice to be back here um, to actually visit the spot where I got the phone call and remember, oh, this is where I first found out. So, yeah, the second year, um, it was my first nationals and, yeah, did well enough to, to don the green and gold, which has been an aim of mine since I think I was about, oh, I can't even remember how old, so it's been a real dream. And it was, yeah, it was truly, it's really on, an honour to, to put that on. Now, you're obviously a South Australian. You're a Mad Crow supporter, and I'll throw the word mad in there, obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a few Port Adelaide supporters might have something to say about that. But um, so obviously you've grown up in SA. What was your relationship with footy back then? Were you just a supporter? Did you manage to play Auskick? What was your involvement as a kid in football? I always loved going to the footy with Dad, and I never once, never once, thought I could play Aussie rules. When I was growing up, I never saw a woman play Aussie rules ever. I never met a female Aussie rules player as a young child or as a teenager. It never crossed my mind that I could even play. And because I never considered it a possibility, I think I just never even thought about it. But I did always really enjoy the sport and watching my favorite team, the Crows, uh, watching Eddie, uh, you know, just watching the game, even if it's not the Crows, I still enjoy watching it and always did. And then I saw, I suppose, the opportunity uh, in 2014 and I thought, oh, you know, I do actually have the potential to play and I've always loved working in a team from rowing and then into canoeing. I love team sports and any team environment. So I guess, um, you know, when it became a, an option, then I was like, oh, awesome. And I gave it a go. So how much football did you manage to play before IC17? None. I'd never played an official uh, Australian rules match until yesterday, and it was one of the best probably um, days of my life, to be honest. I really enjoyed it. How surreal is that to love the game so much, but to have to wait for so long to actually run out in the park? Honestly, it was. I, I'm still pinching myself, and so were my teammates, because a lot of them... Um, you know, it was our first real professional type competition and to come over here and represent their countries and actually I myself only got back from 
um, World Championships in Romania. So we've all kind of come here and it still feels, whether that's a tad uh, influenced by jet lag, but it does really feel like a dream. And um, I was just getting my first mark yesterday, I've got to say, honestly, just, I had all my hands like, what just happened? I can't believe I'm on a field. And, you know, an amazing overall. We had, you know, all the volunteers and, you know, um, sports trainers, physios, coaches, everyone, supporters there. It was really unbelievable. As you mentioned, you just got in from Romania. We've had players come in from France and Norway, um, Sweden as well, all taking part in this uh, European Crusaders team. What's it been like since I think most of them arrived on Friday, having to find, I guess, 48 hours together to try and bond as a team and even try and come up with some type of game plan? Well, it was definitely a challenge, and I think that's why with our game, it took us, you know, the first quarter was definitely where I suppose we took the hits, and I think really that's more than anything simply a reflection of the fact that, you know, we're a team who hadn't had the opportunity to train or play together, but we've got such an incredible um, team manager, coach, and two fantastic captains, and on top of that, honestly, I'm, uh, I think we've got a really great group of female Aussie rules players, and I think it just gels really well and we've got a really strong um, team connection like we communicate very well on the field and I think even you know when we paraded on the ground in the MCG we were all very proud to be cheering our team song and um, I think that's something with any team that helps with progress or helps with um, the gameplay. How difficult is it to compete, as we said, not only because you've all just come together at the very last moment, but um, you are a bit short on resources than some of the other teams. I mean, for example, if you look at some of the favourites, Canada, Ireland, Great Britain, even the USA, for example, their programs have been in place for about a year and a half. Coaches, assistant coaches, etc. You see the professionalism they've go about. You've just got the one coach and you're all a bit trying to put it together on the fly. So how do, you, how do you see that? How do you find a way, I guess, to try and get over that barrier and compete with those teams? Well, I think the biggest thing is, at the end of the day, we've really got a lot of determination. And I think when you go out on the field, it really is a lot about uh, who, who really wants it and who really works well together and can communicate. So definitely, those other teams, 100%, do have that advantage. But I feel that together, you know, we do have a lot of the team are, you know, French or, you know, German, Swedish and uh, one of the, one of the, and more like a, quite an interesting challenge that we've had is actually, um, you know, the language. Um, so, you know, that's another thing we've had to consider. And um, I guess I feel that the biggest thing to overcome that challenge is just working together and kind of having clear communication on, on how we're going to approach things. So we're, you know, we work, you know, in our groups, so, you know, midfield, forward, um, back line, and just um, communicate with each other about what we're going to do. And, you know, it was my first match, but I felt confident out on that field about where I was and what, you know, what my kind of, you know, objective was for each moment. You were named as one of the six best for the European Crusaders on Sunday. In your view, who are some of the better players for the European Crusaders on the day? Um, both of our rocks did an incredible job. We're very lucky to have uh, Amanda King from the USA and also Lena, who's come all the way from um, Sweden. And um, I also felt like I had really good um, direction from uh, one of our co-captains, Rachel. And uh, I think uh, those were three standouts for me. And I think everyone 
um, gave it their all. I don't think we had a single person on that field who let the team down. I think we actually all did our best, and it was simply that PNG um, actually found out have been training three times a week since March together. So I think it was simply um, that they were the better team, but I don't think anyone let us down. Just talking quickly about that PNG side, how did you find a way to try and stop their run? Because they got out of the blocks fairly quickly. They're a very fast side, and I think a few of them as well have played at youth girls level um, touring Australia in the past, going playing against sides in Queensland. Yeah, they were an incredible team, and it was um, you know really nice to, to play such an awesome team. You know, very fast, incredibly agile. In terms of stopping them, I think it was um, you know just about landing the some really strong tackles just to stop their quick movement um, down the field and um, yeah I was I had the pleasure I suppose uh, of you know being on one of the players number 15 who uh, I later found out had played in a previous international cup and it was um, you know she was just a bit of a speed demon but I had um, I just worked out a few ways to kind of keep on her which are which were relatively effective. <laughs> Now, you've only had literally one game to look back on and think about this, but first of all, how would you describe yourself in your own words as a footballer? Oh, myself? Um, well, I think I just always have my eyes on the ball, and I've got, like, I'm going to get the ball. <laughs> I suppose I would say I'm uh, kind of determined to get that ball and to get it to my teammates. So I'd say find the ball, you know, like... If there was a pack and the ball would roll out, I would be there to get it and handle it out and to just get that clear delivery out to my teammates. And if you look at, and again, it's very difficult after just one game, but if you were to look back at your performance from game one, what are some of the key aspects you think that you need to work on? I think um, one of the things I'd like to work on is being able to, um, like I was always communicating with my teammates on the field, like always trying to be a voice because from watching football, that was one of the things I've always observed. Um, but I would like to know, you know, um, more about kind of tactics. I think that's something which will come with experience. But there was a moment when, you know, I could see there was a bit of crowding around the ball um, simply because of, you know, we hadn't played together before. But if I'd known just to simply yell out, clear out, you know, I was kind of yelling, you know, make space and so on, but clear out, you know, let's follow go in behind the ruck and, um, that might have been a better, a better thing I could improve on. Now, you're eligible to be taken as a rookie by any of the AFLW clubs because you obviously haven't played uh, club competition in the past three years and you're a cross-code athlete being in canoeing and that can go straight across to Aussie rules. For yourself, have you found yourself picking up the phone and making the call, trying to reach out for clubs to A, see if they're interest, interested in you or B, what do they want from you to be able to obviously uh, consider you for the AFLW? Definitely. Um, I have contacted um, my favourite one. <laughs> no, um, I'm pretty determined to make it and to make it in any way. Um, you know, I just really believe that I have a huge passion for this sport and I know that with my passion and determination I can do. Um, there aren't really, when you've got passion and determination, there aren't boundaries to what you can do. So I'd really like to see what I can bring to the game and how I can, you know, really develop, you know, um, as a player and with a team. So uh, I've been lucky to speak to a few, you know, really awesome people along the way. And I guess it's just a matter of seeing what opportunities um, come to me and hopefully with um, how, you know, yesterday went, you know, really, I'm still pinching myself and I feel very honoured to have been made one of the best and 
you know, to have taken some really awesome, you know, marks, which made me so happy. So I, I hope that um, maybe some of that footage gets out and <laughs> maybe some people might contact me. Well, of course, you've only got a handful of games technically left in the year because you're playing just as part of the International Cup. Uh, four more games to play through that series. Uh, then, obviously, the draft comes in October. Um, if, if you're not lucky enough to be taken for the 2018 season, obviously, there's more opportunities in 2019 when the competition expands. What do you see going into 2018? Have you decided about playing State League football? Yeah, unfortunately, with my um, commitments as a as a canoeist, the only option for me really would be to jump straight in as a as a rookie um, into straight into AFLW. So uh, I see in 2018, you know, if, if um, that opportunity doesn't come at that time, then simply I'll continue what I've been doing, which is uh, what I love to do, which is simply canoeing in the morning and then I'll go out and have a kick to myself and just train and bounce that ball and do the best I can skills-wise every single day. And eventually I think it will come to me. Well, Isabella, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy and we wish you all the very best through the four remaining games of the European Crusaders in IC17 and then you're chasing the dreams for AFLW in 2018. Continuing our look at the AFL International Cup Women's Division, Ireland were winners in 2011, runners-up in 2014, but they're looking to get back to the top of the tree in 2017. One of the players looking to help make that happen is Carol Breen, and she joins us on the line. Carol, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Great to have you on the line, Carol. Now, let's take a few steps back before we talk about the International Cup that's currently underway. You're an Irish woman, but you're now living in Sydney. I'm having a feeling that probably back in Ireland you first took up Gaelic football? Um, well, actually, I originally played like mostly soccer growing up. Um, then when I came to Australia, friends I'd come backpacking with um, joined the Central Coast Club in Sydney. So I just went along to training as well and played with them for probably a year or two. And when did you actually first come out to Australia? Um, it would have been about probably 2011. I came out, out on a working holiday visa and travelled around the country for a while. And then I settled in Sydney for about two years. And looking through the data, I've found that you played for the UTS Shamrocks in your first stint back in 2011. So who introduced you to Aussie rules and to play at the Shamrocks? <laughs> it was actually another one of the band, she's Sandra Ryan. Um, she played for the coast as well in Sydney. And herself and actually a few of the current band, she's set up the, the um, Shamrocks a couple of years ago. Um, and then she encouraged me and Gillian Bean to come along and try it out. And we've never really looked back. Of course, uh, as you said, you were out here for two years as part of a working visa. So what brought you back to Sydney in 2016 and to play again for the Shamrocks? Um, yeah, so I was here for a while and then I just I went home to uh, concentrate in soccer for a couple of years. And I, kind of, I always knew that I wanted to give Australia another go. And so about February last year, I made the move back over and yeah, joined the Shamrocks again. And a great couple of years with them. Talk about a great couple of years. You had a fantastic 2016 with them. In fact, you were honoured as the league best and first. You won the James Medal. How did that feel to uh, essentially be in a league you were playing for for only the second time to be acknowledged as the competition best and fairest? Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was, well, to be honest, it was a huge surprise. Um, but, yeah, obviously it was great to be recognised by the league. Um, but really it just had been a massive effort from the, the whole Shamrocks team all year. Got to the grand final and to win it, like that was really the highlight of the season for me. 
This year, 2017, you were picked to play for the Irish Banshees in the International Cup. Can you describe the honour of being selected to play for your country? Yeah, it's, it's been pretty amazing. Like, just I've been looking forward to uh, coming down and playing in the International Cup for a couple of months now. Um, and didn't really know what to expect, but yeah, it's been great to meet now the whole team and just got off to a good start, so hopefully that can continue. As you said, you did get off to a good start. You won by about five goals over the USA Freedom. What do you think went right for the team in uh, Sunday's win? Um, well, we always knew it was going to be like a tough game against the USA, and it's hard coming into like cups like this when you really don't know what other teams are going to be like. Um, but yeah, we just really pulled together as a team and just worked hard for each other. And um, considering we hadn't really played as a full team before, so just want to like continue improving there with each game and hopefully make it all, to, all the way to the Etihad. You mentioned earlier you played with uh, Gillian Behand, of course, who also had a very good game for the Banshees. She's having a great season as well for the UTS Shamrocks. So from your view, um, uh, what teammates are you in awe of? And uh, do you think they could do well if drafted into the AFLW? Um, yeah, well, obviously, we all, we all look up to Laura and she like played there last year and she really leads by example on the field. So it's great getting to play with her and like, the professionalism she brings to it. Um, but yeah. Gillian Bean's also like a great player, a really good goal scorer, and I'd love to keep see her giving a shot. Like I think she could do really, really well. In your own words, how would you describe yourself as a footballer? Um, I'd say I'd like to be hardworking, and I'd like to move the ball quickly, and uh, try to read the game if I can. But uh, I guess the bounce of the ball can still catch me a couple of times. But uh, I'm still relatively new to the game, so just trying to concentrate on kind of aspects of my game that I can improve on. And finally, the big one, will you throw your hat into the ring to be drafted, possibly by the Giants, in the October AFLW draft? Um, well, I'd have jump at the chance to play like AFL at that level, so you know, opportunities like that don't really come around too often, so like, I'll definitely nominate anyway, and what's the worst that can happen? Well, hopefully another Irish woman there to join the likes of Laura Geray, of course, who's uh, running around at the moment for the Melbourne Demons. Carol, we thank you very much for your time and joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we wish you all the very best throughout the remainder of the 2017 International Cup Tournament. Thanks very much, Peter. One of the special things about the AFL International Cup is the team song. And no, we're not talking about the national anthem that gets played before the game or your traditional theme song like uh, Good Old Collingwood Forever or Yellow and Black from the Tigers song or Join in the Chorus with North Melbourne. Let's listen to the Banshee song that the Irish sung after their win. Great work there by the Irish Banshees. And not to be outdone, the GB Swans have got their own song.
considering how both teams played after day one. Who knows? The Irish and the British could be facing off in the AFL International Cup Women's Grand Final at Etihad Stadium on Saturday, August 19th. Now, we know in the women's division, there is the Irish Banshees, there is the Great Britain Swans, the Canada Northern Lights, the Fiji Venu, the Papua New Guinea Flames, the European Crusaders, the Pakistan Shaheens, the USAFL Freedom but there's another USAFL women's side that's currently out in Australia at the moment. It's the USAFL Liberty. That's the development side for women. And they're taking on various suburban clubs throughout uh, Melbourne over the next two weeks. This started back last Saturday night when they went to Manor Lakes. They were due to play the Manor Lakes Storm, but just by luck, Manor Lakes made the finals in their competition. So instead, what they did wearing the Manor Lakes jumper, uh, they put together an all-star side featuring players from clubs who hadn't made the EDFL WRFL finals. They took and, and defeated the USA Liberty on Saturday night. Uh, we spoke after the game with Lizzie Evan, Claire Algozen and Laurie Quoker who played for the Liberty. How was the experience here at Manor Lakes? Amazing. I mean, there's literally nothing like playing in Australia, but especially as a US team getting to play an Australian team. Beautiful conditions, wonderful game. And uh, as well to Laurie Quaker. Now, you played football obviously in Sydney before. How have you found the standard change since you last played in Australia? Yeah, well, I played in Wollongong and it was uh, a lot warmer, a little uh, cold here, but um, I I feel like the football is a little harder uh, down here. I mean, I feel like you guys live and breathe this sport more than in New South Wales, And but I liked it. I liked the intensity. Um, it was difficult keeping up with a few of those girls, but I liked it. It was a good challenge. So, for most of you, of course, you've spent several thousand dollars of your own money in fundraising to come down here and play. I mean, Claire, I'll start with you. Why did you want to make the journey to Australia and play for your country against all these uh, uh, suburban clubs here in Melbourne? Um, obviously, back home, our coaches, everybody that we play with, um, for the most part, it's American. So, we learn from Americans and just the chance to come down here and, and learn this sport from people who have been, you know, growing up, playing it, have the skills down or at least have watched has been really, really invaluable to us. Just a completely different style of game that we're really grateful to have the opportunity to play. And I might ask you that question, Lizzie, as well. I mean, it was made by Katie Clapp when we talked to her when she first came down and started playing in Melbourne. She says she knows how quicker the action is, as in the tackling's quicker. You're under more pressure. You have to release the ball earlier. Yeah, it forces you to make decisions a lot quicker. Uh, we're not necessarily used to doing that in the U.S., but it's a wonderful opportunity to do it here. The best part about it is we get to take that home. We get to take it to home to our home clubs and to teach the girls back home how to make those snap decisions. Now, up until and including last Saturday night, the unlucky streak continued for the USA Liberty. That's the seconds team for the USA women that were unable to win a game. They hadn't won in 2014 when they actually participated in the International Cup. They lost to Canada in 2015. They thought their bad luck would continue after losing to the All-Stars on Saturday night. But it all turned around on Tuesday evening, the 8th of August, when they defeated VAFA Women's Club Bulleen Templestowe at Bulleen Park. Here's USAFL media manager Brian Barish turning to one of the players, Valerie Barber Axthelm. Valerie Barber Axthelm, uh, you played on this team in 2015 and you came away with a heartbreaking loss. How do you feel right now with the first ever win for the Liberty? Oh, it's just incredible. I can't believe it. The girls fought so hard. It was an emotional win, but it was great. What was it like playing up against them? They obviously have more experience. There were some of them were under 18s, but what was it like having to defend against some of these girls? I mean, it was tough, but our 
our girls fought hard and I knew that every single one of my girls had my back so I just went in hard for every ball and I couldn't even think about that they had more experience or anything. Who was the, who, who, which player was the most exciting player you played with so far? Most exciting? Most excited for you to play with. Uh, it's always Kaylin. She yeah. was, she always has my back in that fullback line and she played my first ever 18s game with me and I know she's always got my back and she's my roommate and I lo just love playing with her. Go celebrate Val, congratulations. Time to head around the various state leagues and I've got on the line first of all from Queensland our footy guru in Aaron Russell who's going to talk about the Bond University QWAFL. Aaron, how are you? Hey, uh, it's uh, final footy time mate, so everything is all well and good. Hopefully we've uh, got ourselves some good finals coming up. First of all, let's have a look at Maroochydore versus the University of Queensland Red Lions. It was an interesting scenario. Uh, the Red Lions were battling to see if they could get into fourth position. They need a few things to fall their way, including uh, raking up a big enough win to get the percentage to leapfrog Kulangata. Unfortunately, it wasn't the case. Yeah, they did. Uh, and look, uh, it was, it was, as we, we said last week, it was going to be tough for us to to do it, and a lot had to sort of go their way, uh, especially percentage-wise. Um, you know, they 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 got a got a good win on the board, um, a 71 point victory over Maroochydore. Tour. Um, who, considering most of the scores throughout the year, probably not a not a bad last round for them at home. Um, they were really, you two were really needing Cooley uh, to 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 get beaten by uh, a fair and large margin, um, but wasn't wasn't to happen, alas. But um, UQ at least winning, winning their last game of the season and um, um, very unfortunately um, missing out. Uh, 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 probably much to the surprise of, of a, lot of, a lot of people um, making the way for, for Wilson Grange to uh, have their first final series campaign. How exciting is that um, in, in a very long time? Um, for, I think it could be their first time ever. Um, final in Division 1, um, at least as far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but that's fantastic news for them, but um, not so good for, for UQ. Uh, but someone had to make way, unfortunately, that's UQ this year. For Coolangatta Tweed, they were biting their fingernails. They lost against Cooperoo, but not by enough to fall out of the four. The final result there, uh, 62-38. to 38. Yeah, look, it's going to be... This, this was really going to be um, a game that you clearly needed to win to guarantee their position, um, but more importantly, uh, really make sure that they, they they're going to they're hitting the right form coming into final time. Um, you know, obviously reigning premiers last year, and they're, they're starting to get a few more of their players back, um, leading to the right time. But uh, you know, is that going to translate to on-field performance? And um, I'm probably judging from the weekend, Cooper, who's uh, what a lot of people are now now calling a favourite. Um, you know, equal favourite, uh, if not, um, with your Ronda. So, yeah, look, um, nothing to say Cooley can't do it for the season. Um, you know, some, had some fantastic games last year. Um, you know, and, and yeah, as you know, Premiers um, in, in, in won a lot of really close important games last year. So, they can definitely turn it on at the right time. Um, the personnel facts so it's just a matter of where whether that that can. You know, going to formulate for them, but we'll, we'll cover that game shortly. <laughs> uh, their first final game, Peter. A close game between Wilston Grange and Yoronga South Brisbane. The Devils getting the points, but the Gorillas proving they can match it with the best. Yeah, look, they, they've actually, they actually uh, knocked off uh, you know, a few top sides this year. 
Um, but it's just been that, that sort of consistency. But for, for, for Wilson, it's their, it's their, uh, their fight that seems to be troubling most of the other side. Um, and I think I've said it a few weeks ago that they can just get that outside, that run, um, you know, a bit of speed and spread across the field. They can really, really uh, trouble a few of these these sides leading up in the finals and, and never know. That, that, that I think, is going to be the bearing of how deep they go in the finals is, is what that sort of back back 22 are going to give. Um, the, sorry, the bottom half of that 22 are going to give that side. Um, their, their top six players are as good as, you know, both the other side's top six in the competition. But, you know, can they, can the bottom, you know, six, seven players, um, you know, what, what, what can they do? Um, coming coming into the when, when playing these these top sides, so um, was not disgraced by any any, any margin. Um, but yeah, Yoronga proving proving too strong uh, in the end. Um, you know the likes of Bates uh, chiming in McCarthy. I mean Bates has got to be Bates isn't the most consistent player getting around uh, in Queensland. I don't know who is. Um, yeah, very underrated player. Um, even still, funnily enough, I believe, but. Um, yeah, she, she really led the way to that side, as she does Let's look ahead to the finals. First of all, the elimination final being held at Bendigo Bank Oval. Wilston Grange hosts Cullingatta Tweed. I just noticed as we record this on the QWAFL website, it's shown the game starts at 12 midnight. I don't think it's going to start at that time. But uh, nonetheless, uh, when they do obviously adjust the time for what will be the official bounce down, Big crowd expected to go to that one. Aaron, what should be a cracking game between the Gorillas and the Bluebirds? <laughs> yeah, so probably not a, a AM. I think that might be a simple error. Um, pretty sure that's probably meant to be PM there. Um, Peter, so hopefully we'll get the, both games won't coincide there and, uh, um, and supporters will be able to get down to both of those those games on the weekend um, as they are both in Brisbane. But this one here, Wilson versus Cool and Gatter. Um, Look, I'm really can't wait to see uh, Friday when the team sheets come out for this game. Um, I'm expecting Cooley to get a couple more back. Um, you know, they might be a little underdone. A few girls just there who haven't played a lot of footy. Um, I know Clinda Howard uh, played her first game in a little while last week. Um, you know, she's really important to that side, especially what missing uh, Alex Hamlet, um, the dual captain of the side um, this year, who's been playing a forward role really. Uh, really leading the way down there. But this, this game, this is going to be tough. Um, I don't think on the road it's going to affect Cooley too much. Um, but this is, this is really hard to tip. Um, look, I'm, I'm <laughs> can I tip a draw here, Peter? Um, uh, look, as I said, Wilson, they're going to push deep into the final. Um, they're going to need that, that bottom six to eight players playing well. Um, you know Carly Randall's going to play a good game. You know Kate Luckin going to play a good game. Jamie Stanton's been an absolute superstar for them this year. Um, yeah, Andy Collins is playing well. Jackie Orson, a couple of younger girls. But I think it's that, that bottom of the six, eight players, if they can step up, um, Wilson are a really good show here in Chant. Um, Cooley, on the other hand, got that final experience. Um, Leah Kasler, absolute trooper. Um, I'd like to see her push more into the ruck this week. Uh, she was used a lot now back. Um, she really gives them a lot of grunt through the gut. Um, I think that that's where this game's going to be won and lost um, in territory battle. Um, I'm, I'm in good faith expecting uh, Gatter to win this one in a really close one. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking under two goals, Peter. Cool and Gatter. 
and 4.45pm Saturday at Giffen Park, Cooparoo host Yoronga South Brisbane. Yeah, so this this is the matchup. This could be a grand final preview here. Um, I'm sure Wilson and Cooligata supporters would like to hope differently, but this, this is probably what um, quite a few uh, are thinking as a grand final preview. Um, this, is, this is, as I called it, before round one of the season, these, these are two battling it out at the end of the year. Um, I think I think when they face in recent form, um, most would be thinking Cooperu, but by no means right off your own here. They they've got all their players back at the right time. Um, it seems gel gel well together here uh, for Yoronga. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be they're going to be the ones to beat here. Cooperu uh, did finish on top of the ladder to run a premier honours, uh, but this is yeah, this is going to come down. Down, down the lot. I think that both of them play quite different ball games. Um, Cooper Roo, probably not, probably one of the slower teams across the paddock. Uh, and Yurongo, as we know, have got super speeders, uh, Bromwich and Virgo, good runners, Kate McCarthy, fastest player in Australia. Or at least Queensland, if not Australia. Um, but we know what they're like across, across the board with pace, um, you know, and with uh, with Sabrina Frigacourt up forward. Um, you know, gives them an excellent bailout option. Um, yeah, it's going to be this is a tough, tough one to call. If, if Cooper can shut down the likes of Sabrina, um, someone do a really good job on her down back. Kate, Kate's influence gets shut down, and, and if uh, Yoronga don't utilise Virgo in the way that I think they need to, um, it could be Cooper's to win. And they've got some match winners there in Silky and uh, Tani White, one of the one of Queensland's. Uh, Young guns coming through the ranks. They they have got match match winners written all over them. Um, this is going to come down to to the best of the best and, and which of those girls I think um, have the standout performances for their team. Really tough to call, but I'm going to say you're on there in a close one. Well, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy, and we look forward to catching up with you next week to review the semi-finals and preview the Bond University QWAFL preliminary final. Let's take a look at the results now from the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Competition on the weekend. It was round 11 where Darabin 7-10-52 defeated Diamond Creek 4-3-27. That's from coming back from almost two goals down at quarter time. Box Hill 2-3-15 went down to Geelong 4-5-29. Seaford 2-5-17 defeated by Cranbourne 7-8-50. Something like a seven-goal blitz in the final quarter from the Muggers put away the Spurs 12-6-78 to 1-3-9. While for the RUOK Day Cup, St Kilda Sharks hang on to win 7-10-52 against the Eastern Devils 6-6-42. Looking ahead to round 12, our RSN Carnival match of the day is on Saturday morning, 11.45am, St Mary's Oval Cadinia Park, where Geelong hosts the VU Western Spurs. Sunday, 2pm at Uni Oval, Melbourne Uni hosts Cranbourne. Sunday, 2pm at the Peanut Farm, St Kilda hosts Darwin. That will be a cracking game. 2pm Sunday, Plenty War Memorial Park, Diamond Creek host Box Hill, and 2pm Sunday at RF Miles Reserve, Seaford host the Eastern Devils. Time to find out what's happening in the Adelaide Footy League Women's Division 1. We've got on the line Alison Schiller from the Two Crows podcast. Ali, how are you? Um, good morning. Um, Not too bad at all. We're getting closer and closer to finals action. Second last round there in Adelaide. And let's look back to Saturday night where West Adelaide put Modbury to the sword. Uh, That's probably the nicest way of putting it too there, Peter. Yeah, so West is just 
started dominating, um, kicking four, six, thirty, while keeping the Hawks absolutely scoreless. And then they dominated the day, kicking another five in the second and three quarters, bringing it off with a couple goals in the final, while only allowing two points for the Hawks. Uh, that was um, for the Westies, the goals Emma Smith played her best game of the year and she took five. Uh, Kimberly Batley in a BOG performance kicked three. Jamie had two. And Stephen Schrich, Faith, Martin, Gordon, Fillmore and Evan. Best for Westies there with Kimberly. Kimberly Batley, as mentioned before. Emma Smith, Alison Evans, Taylor Gordon, uh, Sarah Matthew and Kate Rashid. Now for the Hawks, well, I don't need to go through the goal kickers. Um, obviously, they only kicked the two points. Uh, the depleted Hawks, to be fair, their best were Monique Hollick still getting their name right up there. The Sol Tucker, Jeff Meachin, Abby Shear and Emma Cornish. The final score, they're being 16-30-109 Westies. Defeated Monty Hawks, two points and a big 107-point win. And an important percentage there coming in close to final score of Westies. Now, Ali, I went on Monday night to the Adelaide Footy League website and I looked at Women's Division 1 for the game with Morfordville Park and Salisbury and it showed final but no score. Can you explain what happened there? Yeah, um, that comes in. Well, if anyone that was in Adelaide would know the weather, let's say, it was not the nicest and at half-time, lightning started coming down. So, the safety for the players from Perth, they actually abandoned the game or cancelled the game at half-time. But I do actually have the score. Um, at the time, the Roos were up 3-8-26. Salisbury did kick 2-2-14. So um, they're actually getting, I think they're getting told tonight as to how the point situation is going to work or if there will be points allocated or if they're shared or if they go to um, say the more Roos being in front. Um, but for, about the uh, game itself, um, young Maddie Green continued her run of four, coming off a best on ground performance last week. Kicking the Roos' first goal from outside 50 to get the team going. Uh, and the best out there also were Van Hagen and Cox. They were at their finest for the Roos in absolutely horrid conditions. For Salisbury, the standouts were Nicole Baker and the Allen sisters of Jeff and Sarah. So both of these teams are on the hunt for home elimination final. Um, and just to sneak in there, that Salisbury will finally be buoyed by some returning players. And potentially one Chelsea Randall being able to sneak back into the lineup, which they certainly need coming into next week's game. And the final game of last round saw Adelaide University 50 defeat Port Adelaide 6. Yeah, now, here's a very one sided affair, and again, blustery, wet and wild conditions down at Alberton. It took till the third quarter for Port Adelaide to actually register their only score for the day. Luckily for them, it was a goal. Uh, but the players' hands apparently were like ice. And as you can probably see by the score there for Adelaide Uni at 6 14, uh, it was pretty hard to get them through the big six. The Maggies will be thankful for this um, because I think it sort of stopped a run of scores by Adelaide Uni. Uh, Sean Hitchcock goes to the Maggies. Uh, did manage to call Ruth Wallace's dominance, restricting her to just a goal for the day. And Beckwell's also worked really hard for the Pies in defence. In uni, they started well and just kept on going, with only inaccuracy being their biggest foes for the day. In the conditions, they managed only one goal 11 after half-time, which, considering, uh, let's say that's forgivable. So for Port, the best for Beck Wells, Shai Hitchcock, who's um, quickly rising up in the top 
Pierce, Lauren Rex, Sheridan Howe, and Bakara Palmer, uh, the close rookie if people haven't heard that name come out before. And the goal was kicked by Kendall Howe. Adelaide Uni, Kate Mackerel, uh, best on ground, and after her return from that busted collarbone, surely we'll be getting recruiters to take notice of her. Kelly Barkop also keeping her dominant zone, Rachel Quigley, uh, Courtney Gum, and Sanna Zafevich. Goals there, Kelly Barkop kicking two, with singles to Gummo, Hatchy, Wallace, and Arachic. Looking ahead to this weekend, Saturday, 5pm, City Mazda Stadium, West Adelaide host Port Adelaide. Yes. Now, as I mentioned before, it, it is getting pretty tight up the top there. I'm just waiting for point allocation. But Westies versus Port, you would think that Westies will continue their dominance over the lower-ranked teams. And I think, unfortunately, Port will be on the receiving end of that as Westies start to gear up for the finals. 3pm Sunday, Modbury host Morfordville Park. Yeah, Modbury, I'm afraid poor old Modbury probably finished the year off as they started with the Roos finding a rich vein of form. In the last four games, they've really lifted and seeing they've got some assistance with uh, coaches, have uh, really started to come into their own and uh, one of the big improvements in the Roos there. 3pm Sunday, Adelaide University hosts Salisbury. Uh, absolutely, uh, game of the round here with Salisbury's in. This will be a very interesting game to see how it pans out. Can Uni sustain and go unbeaten for the entire season? Or will Salisbury be able to create a big upset and get some points across the line and, and get themselves up the ladder? Well, Ali, thank you very much for joining us here on Girls Play Footy. We look forward to catching up with you next week to talk more Adelaide Footy League Women's Division 1. Having a look at the results from the WAWFL over the weekend, where it was the semi-finals weekend, Coastal Titans 5-10-40 defeated Swan Districts 5-5-35 in a thriller. Coastal Titans go through to the grand final. Swan Districts through the preliminary. East Fremantle 12-8-80 defeated Claremont 2-2-14. That means for this weekend, the preliminary final Sunday, August 13th, Swan Districts host East Fremantle. Heading across to the Tasmanian State League women's competition. It was round 11 on the weekend. Launceston 6-7-43 defeated Clarence 1-3-9, while Bernie one straight six went down to Glenorchy 8-2-50. The fixture for this weekend sees on Saturday 11am at KGV Glenorchy hosting Tigers, while Clarence hosts Bernie at Blundstone Arena 12pm on Sunday. Heading across to the AFL Canberra women's competition and around 17 was played over the weekend where the Riverine Alliance 4-7-31 defeated Eastlake 4-2-26. Aisley Tricolors 8-3-51 defeated the Malongolo Juggernauts 1-6-12. Tuggeranong Hawks 3-1-19 went down to Quimbian Tigers 5-10-40. Kudamundra Blues 5-5-35 defeated the ADFA Rams 2 behind. Wilkin Garland Jets 4-3-27 defeated the ANU Griffins 1 behind. Balconum Magpies with the bye. Looking at the final round, round 18 and uh, games on Saturday include at 10am at South Oval, ANU Griffins host Balconum Magpies. 10am at Sterling 101, Malongolo Juggernauts host Gungarland Jets. 10.45am at Rockley Oval, Quimbian Tigers host River Inn Alliance. 12pm at Clark Oval, Kudamundra Blues host the Tugredong Hawks. While on Sunday
Sunday at 10 a.m. at Allen Ray Oval. The Ainsley Tricolors host the East Lake Demons. Trying to check in on what's happening in the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division, and I've got on the line Lauren Hodgson. Lauren, how are you? Yeah, pretty Thanks, Peter. How are you? I'm fine, thanks, Lauren. Let's have a look at what happened over the weekend in the AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. First of all, the UNSW Eastern Suburbs Stingrays doing it comfortably over the UTS Shamrocks. Yeah, look, a, uh, a good old-fashioned shellacking is the only way to describe that scoreline. And uh, whilst it wasn't predicted to be a close game, I don't think many people would have expected the uh, Shamrocks to be kept scoreless. Uh, the Stingrays kicked seven goals in the first quarter to blow the game away early on, and it never looked in danger whatsoever. Uh, Rebecca Beeson kicked five for the Stingrays and was also named their best player. The Auburn Penrith Giants getting over the line against the Southern Power by just 11 points. Yeah, 25 to 14. Uh, it was really close and low-scoring game between these sides uh, right throughout the duration of the match. Uh, there was a really strong breeze going across the ground all day, which made scoring very difficult. And as you can see from the scoreline, uh, 3-7-25 Auburn. Um, obviously, they were a bit in, inaccurate in front of goal. Uh, Melissa Bryden kicked two goals and was named the Giants' best, whilst Emily Raw, the Ruck, was named the Power's best player for the day. The Newtown Breakaways 13, no match for the Macquarie University team on 80. Yeah, another uh, big margin there, Peter. Uh, the Warriors were in control from the get-go, getting uh, six first-half goals and keeping Newtown scoreless until the last quarter. Uh, Briggs and Holdsworth kicked Newtown's two goals, while Samantha Perugia uh, kicked three goals for McUni. And the Sydney University Bombers doing it comfortably over the Western Wolves. Yeah, um, look, another, another big win there for the Bombers, as we're becoming accustomed to seeing. Uh, they had to start the game getting three goals in the first quarter, whilst holding the Wolves goalless. Uh, they then kicked another three in the second quarter with the Wolves uh, managing to get one one goal of their own on the board. Uh, but, however, an eight-goal second half from the Bombers showed just how strong they really are a few weeks out from finals. Uh, we saw Erin McKinnon kick four goals for the Bombers and was also named their best on ground. Looking ahead to this weekend's footy, all games on Saturday. First of all, the Sydney Uni Bombers travel out to the UTS Shamrocks. Yeah, look, the, uh, obviously the Shamrocks have just come up playing UNSW and uh, now they're going to play Sydney Uni. So I think it's going to be another uh, tough week. It's a big win to the Sydney Uni Bombers. The Southern Power hosts the Newtown Breakaways at Gawley Oval. Yeah, look, Southern Power will be looking to uh, get, a, get a win in their final uh, home game of the year. Um, their, their previous encounter against Newtown was quite close. I think we're in for another close one. Um, Navy power to win by under a goal. Macquarie University hosts the UNSW Eastern Suburbs Stingrays. Yeah, I think uh, it could be the game of the round there, Peter. Um, obviously, MacUni are in form. Uh, UNSW have only lost the one game, so expecting it to be a, a close encounter. Uh, but I think you'll find that uh, the uh, Stingrays will have a win there. And finally, the Western Wolves versus the Auburn Penrith Giants. Yeah, look, I think um, obviously Giants have uh, continued their good form from the middle of the season and Wolves have had a tough year. And uh, I think the Giants will continue with their form and and have a, a win over the Wolves on the weekend. Well, thanks again for your time, Lauren, and we look forward to catching up with you next week to talk more AFL Sydney Women's Premier Division. Can't wait.
And that wraps things up for yet another week on Girls Play Footy. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company. Look forward to catching up with you again next week. Until then, it's bye for now.